Respect. Sevome. Respeto. Spoštujmo. Respect words. Ithiki dimosiografia ja ti nadimetopisi tis ritorikis tumisus. Etično novinarstvo proti sovražnemu govoru. Il potere delle parole. Respect for worten. Respect for menschen gegen hasreden. Atisztelet hangján szólunk. Riportok, interjúk, tudósítások a gyűlöletbeszéd ellen. Mi becsüljük a másikat. Respect. La onda local de Andalucía contra los discursos de odio. Más or oko? Erisorok de etikul, ikuna kainta fuha. Ethical journalism against hate speech. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Hello and welcome to this, the fourth in a series of 20 programmes entitled Respect Words. My name is Alan Bradish. On today's programme, my colleague, Sally Galliana, speaks to Dr. Umar Al-Kadri from the Blanchardstown Islamic Centre. Dr. Al-Kadri, will you let us know a little bit about the diversity of the Muslim communities in Ireland? Because there is a tendency to identify all Muslims as a homogeneous group, but we know that there are different, if you want to call it, approaches to the religion. Um, well, absolutely. First of all, thank you very much for inviting me to this interview. The Muslim community uh, throughout uh, is a very, very diverse community. Uh, Muslims are approximately 2 billion uh, people in the world, and um, all Muslims are not Arabs, and neither are all Arabs Muslims. Muslims could be uh, from Arab countries, could be from Asia, could be from Australia, could be from East Europe, could be from Africa. So the Muslim community is a very, very diverse community. When we look at Ireland, in Ireland, the Muslim community is approximately between 60 to 70,000 members. And all these members are uh, not from the same country. They are from various different countries. In the Islamic Center that I am the head imam of in Blanchettstown, we have approximately uh, 50, uh, between 50 and 60 nationalities that are being represented. Um, and the community is a very diverse community in terms of ethnicity, in terms of the uh, language, in terms of the culture. But also, the Muslim community, uh, theologically speaking, uh, is also diverse. Uh, when we look at, for example, the division between Sunnis and Shias, the majority of the Muslims, approximately 80%, belong to the Sunni uh, school, and approximately 15% belong to the Shia school, and 5% belong to the Wahhabi and the Salafi school, which is a school that was only um, established about 200 years ago. Um, So it is a very, very diverse community, absolutely, as you've mentioned. Let's talk a little bit about the incidence of Islamophobia in, in the country, obviously in this country, in Ireland, because obviously 
uh, there have been an increase in the numbers of the Muslim community in the country. And uh, I don't know if because of the situation in uh, what we have seen in Northern Africa and the Middle East in relation to Daesh, ISIL or ISIS, um, because there are all those den denominations, whether they have been more incidents of is Islamophobia or maybe Islamophobia existed before then. Okay, I think before I just come to this, it's important to highlight that um, the Muslim immigrants in Ireland arrived mostly uh, after 1950s. In fact, the first well-known uh, Muslim immigrant that came to Ireland and lived in Ireland and, and uh, spent his life here uh, was Mir Aulad Ali, who was a professor of Arabic and Persian in Trinity College, Dublin, who between 1850 and approximately 1880 Uh, he, he taught for 30 years in Trinity College, Dublin, and he was an embodiment of someone who was a Muslim, but also was very well integrated into the, in, into the, into the Irish society at that time. Um, then in 1950s, many Muslims uh, from South Africa came to study medicine in Ireland. Uh, because uh, this was uh, this is an English-speaking country, and also because it was very, uh, very uh, cost-efficient, very cheap to study medicine here compared to other countries in Europe. And in 1980s, uh, the first Muslim uh, community centers or Islamic centers were established, both in Dublin as well as in uh, Ballyhonnes. In Ballyhonnes, in 1982, the first Islamic center, purpose-built mosque, was was established, and in Dublin on the South Circular Road, the first Um, a, a first mosque was established by buying and purchasing a Presbyterian church and converting that into a mosque. And this mosque is now on the South Circular Road. And slowly, the Muslims that were medical professionals initially, uh, they were joined by their family members, extended family members, many students, many IT professionals also had joined. And the, the last few years, approximately seven to eight years, most of the people, Muslims, coming to Ireland are extended family members of already uh, established and naturalized uh, Muslims living in Ireland. And this is similar to the, the, the experience of immigrants um, that are from other backgrounds, religious or ethnic backgrounds. Um, in terms of Islamophobia, I think it's important to mention that overall, in Ireland, the experience of Muslims has, has been very positive. The Irish community, Irish nation, is one of the most friendliest nations in Europe, in the world, in fact. And uh, they are known for Cade Miller Fall. They're known for their hundreds and thousands of welcomes. Um, and partly, I think this has to do also with the fact that the Irish nation has been on the receiving end of racism and discrimination and xenophobia, when during the Troubles, for example, particularly, they were uh, marginalized. Many uh, Irish living in, the, in, in Great Britain, in the UK, United Kingdom, were marginalized. So therefore, the experiences of Muslims in Ireland are very, very positive, because because the larger community knows how it is to be at the receiving end. Many years ago, there were attacks perpetrated by uh, people, individuals that claim to act in the name of, Ir of Irish people and the Irish nation. Um, and they, they um, claim the life of innocent people. Um, unfortunately, many Irish people were, because of that, painted with the same brush. And I think that understanding is very strong among particularly those in the, in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s that have seen the troubles. And therefore, they are very welcoming towards Muslims, but generally towards all kinds of immigrants. Unfortunately, because of the recent 
phenomenon of ISL, uh, Daesh, Boko Haram, Taliban, all these militant groups that did not exist before and only came into existence um, after the invasion of Afghanistan, uh, the, the, the troubles in Syria. While the, the religion of Islam has a very rich history of 14 centuries, and these militant groups and such extremists and terrorists never really existed. So these, ter- these militant organizations, their actions, of course, have, have, have various different consequences. And one of these very um, tra- tragic and dangerous consequences is the rise of Islamophobia, that when the media portrays the atrocities committed by uh, these militant groups that act in the name of Islam, then many people that, for example, do not know about Islam, many people that have never interacted with Muslims, assume that, and, uh, that, you know, this is maybe how all Muslims believe, this is maybe what all Muslims would condone. And therefore, and this is particularly the case with the new generation, I think with the millennials, with those between the 15 and between, you know, 20 years of age, particularly them, they would, for example, express certain um, feelings, actions towards Muslim community members, In Ireland, we have seen the rise of Islamophobia. It has been relatively low compared to other European countries, but it is increasingly, it is worryingly increasing. Uh, Recently, a study was conducted by the Immigrant Council of Ireland, as well as Dr. James, um, who is based in Limerick University, who uh, did a study on the various different experiences, and the study concluded that there are uh, there is an increase, a very worrying increase of uh, of attacks on Muslims living in Ireland. Uh, for example, women have had their uh, hijab, their um, their veil uh, taken off. Um, a lot of Muslims, in fact, every Muslim that I know, in fact, including myself, we I have been called, and everyone that I know in Ireland has has been called. Uh, many times various different names. Um, you know, sometimes Osama bin Laden, sometimes Al-Qaeda, sometimes, uh, you know, ISIS, and all these types of name-calling. Um, and sometimes when you're in the transport, public transport and people look at you with a suspicious eye or people do not want to sit with you despite that there is a space, empty space next to you, these kind of experiences, I think, unfortunately, are not um, uncommon anymore. And they are increasing uh, it is very worrying, particularly with how um, uh, some some politicians, global, international uh, politicians, have legitimized Islamophobia by condoning it and by retweeting, for example, Britain First uh, tweets. I think that all has led to the rise of Islamophobia, and we need to uh, we need to combat this. We need to tackle this. It is an experience that a very good friend of mine who is a Holocaust survivor, his name is Tommy Reichenthal, he often says, Sheikh Omar, this experience that your community is going through is exactly the experience that my community, the Jewish community, was going through almost 100 years ago. And we have to ensure that this does not happen, does not continue, and we must ensure that we work together for a peaceful society that that where people with diverse backgrounds coexist together in peace. You have actually been talking about the media and about politicians. I suppose that uh, you know the we have here voices coming, for example, from the president of the U.S. Uh, 
Fox News, um, in the past even George Bush, okay, Pete, uh, they all refer to Islam as a backward, backward religion that treat women as second-class citizens, uh, the media keeps talking about Sharia law, etc., etc. So, in some way, there is a lot of work to do, actually, to challenge all these stereotypes that are represented by media, replicated by politicians, so present in social media also. So what will you recommend? What will be your approach to how in some way tackle this kind of Islamophobia, hate speech in media? Sure, sure. I was speaking two weeks ago in um, the European Commission when the Fundamental Rights Agency um, he, uh, Fundamental Rights Agency, which is based in Austria, launched a uh, uh, a study report in which they uh, which they interviewed more than 10,000 people throughout uh, Europe of the Muslim origin about their experiences. And they asked me during this uh, launch, they asked me for, for, for my recommendations, and I'd like to share some of them because um, some of them are already in place and practiced by the Irish Muslim Peace and Integration Council, of which I am the chair of. So I think education is really the key here. Education uh, is extremely important, significant. Education about the other. Um, there is a responsibility uh, on the Muslim community. The Muslim community needs to reach out, needs to be more transparent, needs to try to tackle these misconceptions rather than being just focused and busy with their uh, with their own community. I think it's important now that you know that they reach out. We invited, for example, last year. Uh, LGBT members to the to the mosque to to share the meal of iftar of Ramadan with us. We invited before that Tommy Reichenthal, the Jewish Holocaust survivor. Uh, we have spoken against extremism. Uh, we have launched we have launched an anti-extremism declaration from the Irish Muslim Peace and Integration Council, and our strong condemnation against all forms of terrorism. And we even protested uh, not in our name against ISIL um, two years ago. And I think. All of that is part of reaching out to the larger community, which is the responsibility of the Muslims. On the other hand, I think there is also responsibility um, on, on uh, the government and, and the larger community, and that is that there are misconceptions, misunderstandings, prejudices about various different communities, and, you know, wherever, wherever there is difference, wherever there is diversity, there is going to be prejudice. And the only way to tackle that is interaction, is engaging and uh, meeting with each other. So I have, for example, recommended that from a young age in schools, children should be uh, taught about uh, various different uh, communities, various different uh, you know, religions, and not just about one religion. In fact, all religions, all communities, they, sh they should celebrate, for example, they should have in, in secondary school, uh, various different weeks in which they co in which they talk about a particular uh, religion or a community and celebrate it. And for example, you could have a one week Christian week in which they do essays on Christianity. They learn about the Christian faith. They visit the church. Similarly, they should do a Muslim uh, week, an Islamic week, where they visit the mosque. The students visit the mosque. They talk to the imam. They, they question. Um, there is an interaction, they do assays, and also a travelers' week or an LGBT week. So these all different communities, uh, I think, are, uh, are 
you know, misunderstood. And there are so many prejudices that we have about each other. And I think the only way to tackle that is education, is interaction. Also, in the Islamic Center in Blanchettstown, where I am based, we have, on a weekly basis, uh, secondary school students coming to visit us, um, and in which they basically spend an hour with us in the mosque, and we tell them about the Islamic Center, the activities, and then we tell them about their faith, and then give them an opportunity to ask questions. And this is extremely beneficial because the questions, uh, the misconceptions that you mentioned in regards to, for example, women rights, in regards to, uh, for example, you know, other, other things, uh, why do women have to wear the hijab? Why are men allowed to uh, have four wives? All those questions are, and concerns are then, this is a great opportunity to raise them, and they are then addressed. And I think that is the key to, to its education, its interaction. The more we interact with each other, we understand uh, we realize that many of the things, perceptions that we have about each other are actually based on ignorance, based on misunderstanding. And it's really important that we do um, engage and interact and we discuss openly. We, there is a safe space for discussing. And I think that people should not be uh, offended if they are questioned. Um, I always tell my uh, congregation that if someone questions you, do not get offended, because the, the purpose of the question is not always to offend you. It is actually mostly to learn. And therefore, if you are genuine and you want genuine interaction, you, you should be able to uh, listen, and you should be able to try to understand the perception of the other person and then answer it, uh, the perspective, answer it in, in, in that manner. I want to go back to media. Do you think that Irish media is actually reflecting and um, representing the uh, I, the Irish uh, Muslim community in uh, in the right yeah. way? I, I think I think the Irish media uh, must be congratulated because the Irish media is, as far as I know, and I'm very well uh, informed. I'm very well in touch with other Muslim communities in Europe, in the Netherlands, in Germany, France, Denmark, as well as in the UK, Irish media must be congratulated for its role in being really unbiased, in being very neutral. The way they portray the Muslim community, uh, generally speaking, is much, much better because we, in, in the UK, for example, in other countries, it's very, very negative, it's very provocative, um, and instead of Uh, reporting actual incidents, it is more about, um, you know, creating stereotypes. And I think, of course, there are uh, certain outlets of the media in Ireland that, um, that, that could do really much better. But having said so, generally speaking, I think Ireland, uh, Irish media is doing very well. But what the Irish media really needs to do also is, it needs to, I think two things are important. I think when it talks about Muslims or Islam, They should understand and they should, they should reflect that, you know, it's not only extremism or radicalization that is, that is something the Muslims can talk about. I mean, there are so many common things that we can talk about. There are so many, I mean, we are, the homeless, you know, the, home, the, the homeless issue um, that, that a lot of people are facing, uh, this is a common challenge for us all. Um, similarly, we all have families that we want to raise um, and, and education of our children and, and uh, access to employment. All these are challenges that all of us are facing. And I think it's important that when talking about the Muslim faith or the Muslim community, we don't just focus on radicalization and extremism. We talk about, for example, also about the other celebrations and the richness and the diversity. There are so many restaurants 
in Dublin that are bringing, that, are, that have brought this richness of culture and diversity. I know and many of these restaurants, Malaysian, Indonesian, Indian, Pakistani, Turkish, uh, Libyan, uh, they are all by owners of the Muslim faith. So there is so much that diversity brings that needs to be highlighted. The other thing I think is that the media really needs to have a proportionate representation um, among its writers, among its presenters on television and in, in the media. And I'm not talking about the Muslims only. I'm talking about immigrants in general. I mean, in Ireland, we have about uh, almost half a million people that are, weren't born in Ireland. Uh, there are so many, there are, you know, hundreds and thousands of Polish people, East Europeans. Uh, there are so many Africans, uh, Asians. They are very various different immigrants, not necessarily from the Muslim background, from all religions. And I think they need to be represented in the media. And I think it is very unfortunate that when it comes to representation in the media, we in Ireland are really lacking behind. And I can understand that uh, that the, the, the immigrants have only started coming or actually really came in Ireland after this 2000, um, uh, the year 2000. But even then, it has been 17 years, and the first generation in Ireland has already grown up, has actually, many of them have completed their degrees, but it's very unfortunate that we don't really see those new faces of the, the, the new Ireland in the media, and we don't, uh, we don't uh, you know, see that often. There are, of course, certain cases I'm aware of, uh, some um, TV presenters, I'm aware of uh, some, um, uh, you know, journalists that are writing for Irish Times, Irish Independent. But, so it's changing slowly. But I think that we really need to uh, step up the game. We need to be really much more proactive in this regard. And finally, my last question is looking at the future. You have been very proactive and you have tell us a lot of the different actions that you yourself and, and your community in Blanchestown have been organizing in a way to create that interculturalism that we need so much in Ireland. And I would like to know, what what are you planning for 2018? Uh, for 2018, uh, we are planning to to um, go out with this uh, the school visits that we have normally. We are planning to start uh, visiting the schools, liaising with the various different secondary schools, as well as primary schools to see how we can um, create, you know, a better understanding of, of the Muslim community. And also, we would like to uh, organize a peace conference, an international peace conference, in which we invite various different uh, politicians and religious leaders to come together for one purpose, and that is uh, to have a peaceful community. What, what can Ireland do? To what can the Irish people do? Uh, what can the Irish politicians and leaders do to... Um, Success, to, to ensure successful integration and peace in the society. Because when it comes to integration, I think there is a lot that we need to do in Ireland. And in 2018, uh, Irish Muslim Peace and Integration Council aims to, uh, to, to increase its efforts to promote integration in, in the Irish society. And uh, finally, I was going to say uh, happy 2018, but which one is uh, the year in the Muslim calendar? It's 1435, uh, but you can still say Happy New Year because practically speaking, it is our New Year 2018 also. And of course, Happy Christmas to all of the listeners. Uh, a very, uh, you know, blessed festival season to all and their families. And I hope that 2018 brings peace uh, to, to our world. We desperately need that and particularly peace in Ireland and God bless Ireland. 
Well, doesn't to you happy in 2018, thank and you thank much. you very much for for your time. Thank you. You are very welcome. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week. A very special thank you to Dr. Al Kadri. Thank you for listening, and do tune in again next week at the same time for the next episode of Respect Words. Respect. Sevome. Respeto. Spostuimo. Respect words. Ithiki dimosiografia ya tin adimetopisi tis ritorikis tu misus. Etichno novinarstvo proti sovrajnemu govoru. Il potere delle parole. Respect for Worten. Respect for Menschen gegen Hassreden. Atisztelet hangján szólunk. Riportok, interjúk, tudósítások a gyűlöletbeszéd ellen. Mi becsüljük a másikat. Respect. La onda local de Andalucía contra los discursos de odio. Más or oco? Erisorok de etikul, iguena kainta fuha. Ethical journalism against hate speech. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Supported by the Rights, Equality and Citizenship Programme of the European Union.